ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's stand for the reading of God's holy word and turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 13 in the eternal word of God. Verses 51 and 52. As I preach in your hearing, thus saith the Lord in Matthew chapter 13, verses 51 and 52 based upon the Word of God, the discipline that Jesus Christ expects of His disciples. Now, if you're not a disciple, if you're not born again, you can't be a good disciple. In fact, you're not a disciple. We have people in the church who are trying to be disciples temporarily for a short time, but they have never been born again. So the discipline that Jesus Christ expects of his disciples, part four, The Just Jesus Evangelistic Campaign, day 1963, since January the 20th, 2017. Day 2348, since January the 1st, 2016. Matthew chapter 13, verses 51 and 52. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Let me just tell you here, Jesus Christ is not trying to be deep. He is deep. He is being and breaking it down as simple that's what the parables were about. He's breaking it down as uh, simply as he chooses to do. But even at that He is still very deep. He is the Ancient of Days. His thoughts are not our thoughts, and our thoughts are not His. So, sometimes Jesus will say something, the Holy Word of God will say something that you may think somebody is trying to uh, be deep, because that's what you try to do. God is not trying to be deep. Jesus is not trying to be deep. He is deep. And that's why he tells us to study, to show ourselves approved. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 
And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for this another magnificent day that you have made and that you are in complete control of. I praise you and thank you, Lord, for the earliest services today. And I praise you and I thank you for another great meal prepared by the hands of my daughter, Daniqua. Absolutely wonderful. And Holy Father God, Thank you for the good work that she has done today and the good work that my son Daniel Ezekiel has done today and the good work that my daughter Danielle has done today and for a long time they have been faithful making us to have and helping us to have magnificent days serving you together. Now Holy Father God we praise you and we thank you for your love, your grace and your mercy. Your Holy Son the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us, thank you, Lord, tonight for this deep passage. Honestly, Lord, I don't know if it's old age or not, but I, uh, when my son Daniel Ezekiel started helping me with this passage, Lord, I, I could not remember this passage for the life of me. It's just one of those passages, two verses, tucked in the Bible, that if you don't take your time and preach through the Bible, you, 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 you might miss it. And this is a deep passage for most of us. And I pray that you would grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit. To understand it better, to comprehend it, and to apply it to my life, and uh, help others to do the same. And Holy Father God, for those of us who are saved and born again, for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins our failures and our faults so that we can be fit for your use. As Moody said, we leak. As Christian people, yes, we have holes in us and we're not that holy. And so we need a fresh feeling of your Holy Spirit and forgiveness and cleansing of all sins in word, thought, deed, and attitude. Lord, we're so wicked that we can not even say anything and still sin. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that you would crush and crucify our wicked flesh within us afresh and anew and fill us with your Holy Spirit, your unction and your anointing. For those of us who are saved and who are interested in the kingdom of God and the things of the Lord. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, tonight. We pray that you would save those who are lost. And Lord, it is sad that we have to pray for the lost in the church and outside of the church. As you have given me the leeway and the liberty to pray for my own wife now publicly for her soul's salvation. And one thing I have noticed is that the devil doesn't like it. And uh, the devil working through my wife does not like it. 
uh, because the devil does not like to be exposed. It's amazing. My wife has not uh, chosen to humble herself yet to get saved, but it's amazing how her behavior has changed somewhat. And Lord, I believe that is because the devil hates to be exposed. People who are hypocrites hate to be exposed. People who are masquerading as Christians hate to be exposed because the devil is behind all of that. And uh, as long as they're not being exposed, they will try to act right. But that's not what you want. You want them to be truly born again and saved so that you will fill them with your presence and uh, you will guide them and direct them in doing right 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And for the rest of their lives. Some people marvel at Christians who are faithful for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, uh, 50, 45, 50, 55, 60 years. When in reality is your faithfulness on the inside of that saint that drives him and leads him and nudges him. That's why we say we give you all of the glory. For any good that has come out of us is all you. I didn't preach uh, going on 3,000 days in a row, uh, nearly in a row, because I had to to get saved. And I did it with great opposition from my own wife, sometimes from my own uh, family members. Uh, but the, the, the other saved family members, they learned through rebuke and chastisement to be obedient, punishment. Uh, they were shocked when I would take jobs for them because they thought that it was... Uh, uh, you, they were doing you a favor, and I, I, I fired everybody in the family and in the ministry at some time or another. After they got fired two or three times, they quit doing the evil. That's how Christians do. They may mess up, but they learn obedience, and they quit it. People who are not saved don't learn obedience. They have no fear of you before their eyes. And they, have, they don't have that inner man. They don't have Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God, nudging them to do right. In a, in a still, small voice saying, don't do that. Don't go in that direction. In fact, here's what you need to do, according to my word. It's the most beautiful thing on earth. You're guiding us from the inside those of us who are saved. And so, Lord, I pray tonight for the salvation of my wife. I pray tonight for the salvation of the lost who are in the church, in my family on both sides, religious but lost, the blind leading the blind, and uh, Lord, I also pray that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell. In the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias, out of the hearts and minds and lives of the people, Lord, my wife, and uh, other people in our family extended on both sides, and Christians everywhere, some listening, uh, some watching, and uh, people who name the name of Christ around the globe. For there's something uh, definitely wrong in the church tonight. I never thought that we would end up this way, worse than the Laodicean church in our behavior, in our inadequacy, 
in our powerlessness. We cause the mess and the chaos in this country and we are powerless to do anything about it at this point. The abominable homosexuals, sodomites, committing abominations are running roughshod over your people because we let them do it. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, not only during this service, but Lord, even after the service, please rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his hosts, Lord, from uh, uh, this time and this service in your people tonight. Give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Lord, not only bless this time with your word, but even in the afterglow. As we still have yet another meal to enjoy together and to break bread together and fellowship together. And so, Lord, I pray that uh, you would save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick. Comfort those who are grieving around the world. Save the lost in the church and outside of the church by the power of your grace and by the power of your Holy Spirit and help your people who are born again to stop playing and to take you seriously and to take your Holy Word seriously and to do your will. Receive all glory to your name. Lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, how often, pay close attention to this, because you're going to see us in what he's saying. He said this long ago. How often do we hear about the discipline of the Christian life? these days. How often do we hear about the discipline of the disciples of Christ and of the Christian life in these days? How often do we talk about it? Think about it. Your buddies, your ace boon coons, your brothers and sisters in Christ, how often do you talk about the discipline that is required of a disciple of Christ? How often is it really to be found at the heart of our evangelical, quote-unquote, living. There was a time in the Christian church when this was at the very center. And it is, I profoundly believe, because of our neglect of this discipline, that the church is in her present position. That's where we live at today. He said this 
a long time ago. By the way, technician, when did he live and die? What are his years? I want, I want to see how close he was to our day, because he's, he's knocking this out of the park. That's where we are. There's no discipline among disciples anymore. Everything goes now in the church. I just heard a horrifying uh, situation. Urban has been with me a long time. They started publishing back in 1910. When you got a book from Erdman's, you felt safe. The name carried weight for study guides, for dictionaries, Bible dictionaries. Urban's has been with me a long time and with many preachers down through the years. Every preacher worth his salt has books from Erdman's Publishing Company. Books that will help you deliver the word. But I heard today that the conservative, orthodox, Bible-based Erdman's Publishing Company at one time, they were that. They are now publishing books and uh, publishing articles and things for the homosexuals and the transvestites and the sodomites. They need to go ahead and add a, a S to LGBTQIS. Go ahead and add that. Sodomites. If you don't mind calling yourself a queer, then you can take sodomites. Well, that's what the conservative, orthodox, trustworthy, used to be trustworthy urbans. They're publishing things now for Pride Week. Here we go, and the devil is alive. Dr. Jones, Martin Lloyd Jones, I believe is his name, was born the 20th of December, 1899. He died March the 1st, 1981. So he, he knew what he was talking about. He's not too far from us. He saw it way back then. 81. I got saved in 79. He died in 81. About 40 years ago. So he understood what was going on in evangelical circles. He, I thought he was way back there. He said, I see no hope whatsoever of any true revival and reawakening until we return to it. That is, disciples practicing discipline. Controlling yourself. Because you have the spirit of self-control. And see, that's a mark of maturity, see. When a man says... My wife may be unlovable, but I choose to love her anyway and stay married and, mar and divorce is not an option. When a wife says I love my husband and I'm going to submit to my husband whether I feel like it or not, and I'm going to be the one to keep the peace so that the children can grow up in a peaceful household. Saved people do that. They have that thing in them uh, to move them to practice discipline, to say yes to God and no to sin. 
And quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, the quote was so powerful based upon the Word of God and so apropos, I want you to think about that. He is saying something that I have never heard anybody else say but myself. In fact, I said it today. I'm not that sure we can have revival at this point. That's, that's horrifying to think that way. And, I, and I, I want to say I'm getting that from God Almighty basically telling me don't be trying to do that because it's too late. Now I've told you all this before. I've shared this before with you. I, I have told you that God has changed my prayers. How I pray for people. How I address people. God will change your prayers. Now, if he doesn't want you to pray for something, you know, he, God has called you to do some things, and he doesn't want you to pray for something, you're going to pretty much get from him. Don't, don't, don't even... Uh, yeah, I know you want to fulfill all righteousness, so you do what you feel your consciously is leading you to do. But you can pray that all you want to. That's not happening right now. You say, a preacher who predicted the coronavirus plague and, and, and the long, uh, continuous plague and all of that, don't you want the plague to end? Yeah, I would love it. The plague, the plague has not hit me yet, but the things that are coming from the plague, like inflation. I told you people not to do this foolishness that you were doing because you're going to mess up my wonderful life. Do you hear me? You devilish people have messed up my life with your sin in the church, your swinging in the church, your adultery in the church, your fornication in the church, and your lying and your stealing, and now you don't allow the sodomites in the church, and that's the line, that, that's, that's, that's a bridge too far for God. That you have crossed the line, and you ever, whenever you do that, you look at throughout history, kingdoms have fallen down, cities have been burnt up, and all kinds of bad things happen because you're trying to turn God's world upside down, and we have not ministers but minstrels in the church trying to get people to uh, accept homosexuals in the church as members, and they are supposed to be at the table of brotherhood when God says, no, I have destroyed Two cities for this foolishness, this nastiness. Now I, I have two plagues against it, especially with the men who give it to the women, AIDS and, and monkeypox. I have brought on plagues for this. I have brought down kingdoms over this. And it is, the root of it is hubris. You have done this. You have done that. You've had sex with this many women. You uh, have had orgies. You uh, are swinging now and trying to justify it, saying it's keeping your family together when it is actually tearing your family apart, you Christian liar, you. And what happens when you, when you get hit with hubris? Well, let me try a man now. I've done everything else. Let me try to rape a child. Uh, give me a young, pure child and let me try to do that, see. Then when you get tired of that, you want to try an animal, you lying devil. See, see you, you have crossed several lines and God is going to stop you. Why? Because this is my father's world. And you're trying to turn it upside down on his head. And you're doing it with great gusto. Defiling the children. Just yesterday or this past weekend. Little children in a homosexual bar with their parents. And the parents are giving their children dollar bills to give to the ugly men dressed up as women 
there's nothing my friends excuse me uh, they don't like me anyway so I might as well say it they're already persecuting me anyway and even trying to, my, to, to get my family members Judas's and friends to persecute me as well that's all right but the most ugliest sight on this earth is a man masquerading as a woman it, it is disgusting I don't care. I uh, j uh, just yesterday, it was announced on a Sunday. May God help us that a man masquerading as a woman, no breasts, looking weird, is now signed on and going to make money off of the fans of my home state. One of my home states. North Kakilaki in the South. Where where are you, First Baptists and Second Baptists and Third Baptists, my brethren? Ah, huh? you march for everything else. You need to be out there marching and look at me, look at me real good. Now don't tell me. I know I got some pastor friend, buddy. Listen, they're not going to boycott the Carolina Panthers. I have a pastor friend in North Carolina who will cut his sermon short to be at his seat and in his seat in the stadium. Don't tell me. And that's not going to stop them. It should. Every pastor in North Carolina ought to be in front of that stadium first thing tomorrow morning saying, uh-uh. You're not doing that. I bring my boys out here to see men be gladiators. I don't want to, now listen to me. I'm not I'm not I'm not mad at real men who throw the chilies up in the air and catch the cheerleaders. If that's what they want to do, I never wanted to be a cheerleader, but if that if that's what they're real heterosexual men who want to be be on the cheerleading squad or whatever. I, I don't know why they want to, but I mean, that's what they do. I'm, I'm okay with that. But some ugly man masquerading as a woman with the beautiful cheerleaders, uh, you're getting ready to make me say something that my sweet evangelicals don't want me to say. They're mad at me tonight. Mm -mm. I'm, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to do the best I can and, and please them. Ah, I still want to say it. Don't. You can't do that. I won't be buying a ticket. Uh, I'm not paying for that. Do you hear me? I don't want to see no ugly, bald-headed man, no breasts, uh, dressed up like a woman and twitching like a woman. At a football game when I'm coming to see some men be men, you have lost your righteous mind if you ever had one. Doggone it. See, you people, I don't mean to be doing this. I don't mean to get started. Mm-mm. <sighs> Our sons and our daughters have to see this foolishness. Where is the church? Oh, the once mighty church in America. You got power to put presidents in office, but you don't have power to stop people's children from going into a homosexual bar. And when I say children, I'm not talking about 18 and older or 21 and older. I thought you had to be 21 before you go in the bar. The little children in the bar giving a dollar to a monster. You say, well, preacher, how do you feel about all of this? Uh, tell us how you really feel. Well, I've been warning you of this for going on uh, over 12 years, so I've done my job. And I feel like Martin Lloyd-Jones. I mean, truly. We have failed, the church has failed God, the church has failed Jesus Christ. I don't think anybody in this generation is going to get a well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
nobody. I'm sure God has his, his remnant, his few. I don't see them, except for maybe one or two. Uh, we're worse than the Laodicean church. We have failed God. We have failed Jesus. We have failed the word of God. We have failed the church. We have failed the family. We have failed our children. And all of the chaos that's going on is God stepping. God rebuking and chastising the church because they didn't stop foolishness. They had lost their saltiness. They had lost their preserving power. They had lost their sava. And all hell is breaking loose. And the church is powerless. All of the great doctors, all of the great theologians can sit back and cross their legs and uh, pontificate and talk and and have little seminars and little symposiums that don't mean a doggone thing. He said it right. I'm going to share it with you one more time because that's the message for tonight. Anointed as it is, I don't need to go any further. This is right where we live. This is right where we are. He saw way back then, over 40 years ago. Martin, Lloyd Jones, born in 1899. Said, how often do we hear about the discipline of the Christian life? these days. How often do we talk about it? Not much in our little coffee shops with our little Bibles and our teacups, coffee cups. We talk about everything under the sun but the discipline that a disciple ought to have. How often is it really to be found at the heart of our evangelical living. There was a time in the Christian church when this was at the very center. And it is, I profoundly believe, because of our neglect of this discipline passed down to us from Jesus through the apostles in the early church, we have forsaken. We don't. Not only have we forsaken it, our generation today, we we never even had it. That's why when a storm comes, pastors over fifty percent quit. The other f almost thirty percent die because they have been giving uh, communion and taking communion unworthily, shacking up with Sylvia wife horn around with Bo Peep, both involved in Ashley Madison and swinging and drunkenness and adultery and fornication and homosexuality. That's why so many you talk about Gone with the Wind, one of our favorite movies of all time. The church, the so-called church, the Laodicean church, worse than the Laodicean church, has been blown away with the wind, the wind of God. We have sown the wind, but we're reaping the whirlwind. Oh, yes, we are. Yes, we are. You don't want to accept it because you, like the devil in the world, want to act like everything is just hunkadory, and it's not. Is it? No, it's not. You just want to go on. This, this is why I don't even like to watch television, even the news sometimes. You know, the only time I, I do that is uh, to relax and eat my meal and then uh, look at a little something on the way to sleep. 
but it's so disgusting. I keep the remote control in my hand because the world is just going headlong to hell and, and act like they don't realize that uh, things are really bad. The same people who talk about Ukraine and I'm down for Ukraine and they just out there partying and jamming and booging and doing their stuff and doing they, they not even think about Ukraine. That the church is in her present position, that's the reason why. Because of our neglect of the discipline of of being a disciple. That the church is in her present position. Indeed, I see no hope. And this is where I'm at. This man said this over 40 years ago, and here's where I'm at today in my spirit and heart. I said it earlier today without even knowing about this. I see no hope whatsoever of any true revival and reawakening until we return to it. Especially in America. With God's help and your help, I'm on my way out of Sodom and, Sodom and Gomorrah, USA. Because I truly believe that God is destroying America piece by piece and will finish it. You're not going to do this to him. He who has been so good to you and to me. Okay? Now, my son and I, we were in the grocery store today. I said today. My, one of my favorite grocery stores. Do you hear me? See, this is what I, this is what I told you I, I, over seven years ago. I started preaching every day and I began, God began to use me to warn you that a plague is com coming. God is destroying America piece by piece, lovingly and mercifully. And I said, I want you to repent because you're, messing, you're going to mess up my good life. I have a very tranquil and peaceful and good life. One of the things I, I just enjoy doing like any uh, body. See, if you enjoy life in America, you have certain restaurants and, and your certain grocery stores because you, because you like to eat. One of the great celebrations of life is to eat a good meal and have a glass of wine. I don't care if you like it or not. You hypocrite pastors, you've been, you've been drinking wine for years and lying to your people and got your people going to get your wine, you lying devil, in the church. Huh? No, 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 no. You don't deserve to drink a glass of wine, sir, pastor, pastor's wife, if you are not willing to go get it and show your face in the place. Talking about you don't want people seeing you buy wine. But you drinking wine and trying to act like you don't, you hypocrite. If you can't go buy it, don't drink it. Because you're a hypocrite, you're a phony. That's what's wrong with the church. People lying in front of the people and then doing something else behind the scenes. When Jesus made wine, and no, my independent Baptist brethren. No, my Southern Baptist brethren. No, my National Baptist brethren. It was not grape juice. That's not a miracle. Wine takes time. And Jesus made real wine. Fermented wine. That's the miracle. You can go in the backyard and get some girls and step on some grapes and get some grape juice. That's not a miracle. And several times it's clear in the Bible that wine is a blessing. Old Testament and New Testament. You don't need to be ashamed of drinking wine in moderation unless you're a drunkard. And you come from a family of drunkards, then you ought not to do it. But uh, we were in the store today. My son and I, we could not believe the prices. And we, we were in a great 
H-E-B. The best. Now, when I take my daughter, Daniqua, and my daughter, Danielle, down to Walmart. Now, Walmart, I don't know if they're getting a surplus, I mean, a, a subsidy from the, from the government or what. But the, Walmart is doing real good. Oh, yeah. AGB would be next. Kroger's is out in the stratosphere. That's another one of my favorite stores. I don't mess with them too much right now. But y'all have messed me up with your foolishness and your sins. Because this was the first day I said, wow. Eyes popped out of my head like this. What? <laughs> and and, 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 and the, half the people in the store were, had a quizzical look on their face like they were, you know how you're walking and you're adding up? <laughs> What you bought in your mind, I saw that today. I saw a lot of that. <laughs> I need to make sure I got enough to pay for this. I mean, old white ladies, mm, looking at you. Know, see, when you add up to what you got, make sure you have enough money. You walk real slow when you, you got the quizzical look on your face. Mm -hmm. Don't you look at us funny. You, you've had to put back some things. And, and have you noticed? Everything is on lockdown. Everything important is on lockdown. Everything. And see, and, and your bank is on lockdown. The gas station is on lockdown. At the grocery store. Certain valuable uh, grocery items are on lockdown. They got you. Got to go. You got to ask somebody. Huh? You know, there was a time you have you had uh, ten dollars on your little bank card. Uh, they, they, they'll let you fill up and everything. You, you can't do that now. A lady was uh, asked the attendant in front of us for some cigarettes. Yeah, he, he had to go run all the way to the uh, back and, and unlock a gate and get the cigarettes because people were going in the store and stealing the cigarettes. <coughs> For what I don't know. Everything is up. I poppingly up. Why? Because we have messed up ourselves with sin, foolishness in the church first and foremost. We have gone beyond the pale with our sin. When the grocery store Item says, go ahead and pass by. You don't have enough to afford me. <laughs> We're messed up because of our sin. God has been so good to us, especially in America. And then he led me to warn you for years, and you didn't take heed, and look at us now. You can put $20 in your gas tank. You know how many gallons that is? Four. I said four gallons, that's it. You can't even go to work now. You want to work, but going to work will cost you half your paycheck. Oh, we're messed up now, aren't we? I hope that people in the church confess their sins and repent, humble themselves and pray and seek God's face and turn from their wicked ways. Some have, many have not. And many are lost and on their way to hell they never were saved in the first place. That's why they quit the ministry. And that's why some are dead. And some have gone on to hell how about you, dear friend? If you were to die today, where would you go? Heaven or hell? You see, well, I'm a good church member. That church membership will not save you. I do good work in the church. Your good work will not save your soul. If you want to be saved tonight, first, dear friend, accept the fact that you are a sinner. 
and that you have broken God's law, and so have I. So has the Pope, so has the Dalai Lama, so has even Joel Osteen. To show you how much of a mess we're in, people who are for the murder of babies stood up in Joel Osteen's church and cussed and swore and said, this is my body, and they got naked. They pulled their clothes off. They at least had the decency to leave their bra on, uh, at least from what I gather. Uh, and, and, you know, what's so sad about some of this stuff is, people, and I'm not going to say it right now. I'll tell you later. Uh, tore the clothes off down to the panties and, and, and raised their voices. And said, this is my blank body. That's how sick of a world we're living in and how low the church has gone. We have broken God's law. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. What is sin? Lying, stealing, lusting, coveting, what other people have, other people, lusting after, after other people, disobeying and dishonoring your parents so that you can just fit in with other people who don't like your parents. Dishonoring God by taking God's name in vain. And the wages of sin is death. That means that you die because of your sins. Your paycheck is death. And God wants you to know that if you die, that he will allow you to die because of your sins. He will allow you to die from this beautiful greenish, bluish, whitish, whitish earth. And if he would allow you to do that because of your sins, he will allow you to go to hell to spend eternity. Because death is a punishment. And just like hell is a punishment. And you will go there if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him into your heart as your Savior while in this life. You can't do it in the next life. Third, accept the fact that you are on the road to hell. Jesus Christ said in Mark 9, 43 through 48, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. Jesus Christ said, it is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Understand that you're on your way to a devil's hell tonight. You may be in the church.
You may be religious. You may even be faithful in the church as far as attendance is concerned. But you're on your way to a devil's hell because you have never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and committed to him. Or you may be irreligious where you have never gone to a church. You too need to be saved. And you can be saved. Hell is sad. Hell is mad. Hell is bad news. But I have some good news for you. If you're sick of healing, uh, if you're sick of living a hellacious life, a sin-filled life, has it gotten has it gotten old to you? Your sin-filled life. Have you found out? There's got to be something better than, than this. That's what helped me come to Christ. There's got to be something better than just living and working and then eating and going to the bathroom and go to bed and get up and do the same thing. There's got to be something more significant than this. And I found him. His name is Jesus Christ. In other words, he found me. Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. <clears throat> Just believe in your heart, dear friend, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart, his gospel, his good news, that Jesus Christ took on your sin. He suffered, he bled, and he died on a cruel cross for your sins. Was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God to save your soul from hell. So that you can live forever with him in heaven. So right now, dear friend, pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul today. And he will. Romans 10, 9, and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to go to heaven to be with God and Jesus Christ. And guess what? Believe it or not, Jesus Christ and God, God and Jesus Christ, rather, they want you to be there. See, it's one thing where people will take you in and tolerate you. It's another thing when they want you to be there. They want you to be there more than you want to be there. So the mat, the welcome mat is out for you. The light is on for you. The door is unlocked for you. Come on in. Come and dine. So dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If nobody else loves you, God does. Jesus does. So much, he stretched out his hands and said this much and died for your sins and for mine. Now dear friend, that's love for you. You will never find a love like this anywhere. So believe in your heart in Jesus Christ and pray with me the sinner's prayer and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner that I have done evil in your sight. I have broken your Ten Commandments by lying, 
by stealing, by lusting, by dishonoring and disobeying my parents. by dishonoring you by taking your name in vain and many other sins that I have committed. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins as I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to change. Help me to repent of all of my sins and turn from my evil ways and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name I pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, Allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life. And that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. And dear friend, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior, please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good, is my prayer. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. Make sure you pray without ceasing. Until next time, Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. If the Lord says the same, if the Lord tarries is coming and we live as we listen to the song, I'll Fly Away. Let's close in prayer. Holy Father God in heaven, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you for what you have done here tonight, what you have done here today. Because of the power of your holy word, because of the power of your holy ghost. I give you all of the glory, praise, and honor for all of us. Do your name. Lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Continue to save souls until you come back. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, pray without ceasing. Meditate on the word. I'll fly away. I don't know why Jesus